Finally, some rock and roll is being re-injected into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nice. Judas motherfucking priest. <laughs> one more. Let's hear one more chorus. Then we'll start. thing to note when we talk about music from days gone by or when we talk about the rock and roll hall of fame context is everything right no matter what we're really talking about if it's from an earlier time you know when people say oh british metal and then like today's young people are like it's not fucking metal Back in 1978, there was not anybody like Judas Priest. There was nobody with the leather vest, sleeveless leather vest, with studs all over them and the metal biker hat, right? When you talk about bands like Iron Maiden, even early Def Leppard, British metal mattered. And it's finally, finally, decades after they were first eligible, time for Judas Priest to walk proudly into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as part of the 2022 class, and I, for one, am thrilled about it. Hi, my name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It is the Brian Oak Show, episode 246 of this fine, distinguished legacy podcast. <laughs> well, what, you might what be you, overdoing what, it. What are you laughing about there. right there? I don't know. But I, just, I do know this, yeah. that you kind of referred to this in the beginning of what you just said there, but there's an actual rock and roll band being you know, put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm not one of those people who's ever been bent out of shape about the fact that country artists get in, rap artists get in, R&B artists get in. I, you know, Roots music gets in. Yeah. Whatever, I mean, you know, it, obviously, like, not a lot of people recognizing Yo-Yo Ma at the Rock and Roll Hall no. of Fame. Not a lot of classical music. But to me, it's always been more of, like, a pop culture center, right? And I know it's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because rock and roll's cool, but they couldn't have foreseen the unbelievable growth of the next 50 years of what hip-hop would be or, you know, and, and I think a lot of people who when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was first birthed, thought of R&B and early soul as, you know, uh, interwoven with oh, rock yeah. and roll, right? Absolutely, and so, yeah. And so, I mean, none of that bothers me. Like, Dolly Parton getting in this year, good. No, she's just a fucking we legend. We all know, right? Liv- yeah. A living yeah. saint. Yes. Literally a yeah. living saint. Yep. Whether you're talking about her musical contributions, who she is as a pop culture icon, her philanthropic efforts... She's got her own effing theme park, man. Dolly Parton, if people want to talk trash about Dolly Parton, you come and find me. All right, come because we will have a conversation. It will be, you know, I mean, we'll be reasonable, but I will be stern. If you if you take the other side, I will be stern. Well, she's one of these people that you just got to look at her and say, 
she's the real fucking deal. Like she doesn't seem to have this massive ego and she gives back so fucking much. It's crazy how much she's it given is. back. Yeah. And then also the, again, context being an important factor. When you go back to the earliest days of her career, right? I mean, rock and roll music in general, and frankly, most things in life are a boys club. You want to talk about country music in the early sixties, the mm-hmm. Nashville scene. Yeah. The ultimate boys club, if she had not had a benefactor like a Porter Wagner or other people she teamed up with, without Porter Wagner, despite her outrageous good looks and her obvious talent, she doesn't make it. it, And that's the unfortunate nature of the world that we live in. It's slowly, slowly changing and hopefully not changing back. Fuck you, Supreme Court. Um... We can't get into that right now. We'll get into another time. We'll get into another time. But, But my point being, given the uphill battle she's had to climb, not only from the earliest days, but her entire life, and still maintains this incredible persona. And I'm not saying that she's faking it. I just, she's one of the most wonderful people in all of popular culture during my lifetime, and I love her. Anyway, it is the Brian Oak Show. Here we are recording in the Smart Start MN Studios. Today, we do not have a guest. Today, Sean and I are going to pontificate even more than usual (laughs) about the latest class as of this morning today is thursday may 5th cinco de mayo wow have you had any sort of do you do cinco de mayo well so i had a closing today at noon and at the same time our 50th in france office had a cinco de mayo celebration so they had tacos at lunch and one of the guys actually dressed up no yeah sombrero yeah the full no the full matador Pa- oh, oh Matador. No, he was wearing like the full Matador. <laughs> so it's, it's weird, man. Like, so people talk about cultural appropriation. Like, so on St. Patrick's Day, you know, you and I are both Irish. Yeah. I watch people walking around dressed with like, you know, a little green antenna. Yeah. Or no. I, I'm not terribly offended by it, but I think given the nature of, you know, USA Mexican relations, the cultural appropriation might rub me the wrong way. Although I am going to say right now, Although I'm not going out to celebrate today, a proper chicken mole or a, or a proper taco, son of a bitch, I would renounce my U.S. citizenship in a minute if I could. <laughs> chicken mole, oh my God. Anyway, so we're, we're here to talk today about the, the Hall of Fame. They've announced, well, they had announced the potential inductees a couple months back. As of today, it is now actually yesterday. It's all very, very official, and we'll talk about that throughout the course of the show here. Before we move any further, though, we always save him for the end. I would like to thank um, Nate and the entire crew yeah. at AudioQuip. We don't really talk about them up front a lot. And early on, in fact, again, right as we were getting started and finally got our own studio, Nate and his entire crew at AudioQuip stepped in. They just wanted to be a part of it. They've asked for virtually nothing in return. And then the pandemic hit. We, again, Sean and I, not a gift for timing. Our our podcast started right at the birth of the pandemic. Very Irish-like. Oh, very. I, it, it does. It really, it, it's very on brand for what we yes. do. Um, but what that did is it hit all sorts of businesses, specific businesses, in ways that you wouldn't predict. AudioQuip rents out equipment to people who are doing poetry slams or live shows or anywhere that you need a mixing board, microphones, monitors, and a PA. That's what they do. And that shit vanished for a year and a half. I know. And then I go, I, my wife and I went to see uh, Leslie Vincent and Chris Paulson in <gasps> once at Dalico Arts last weekend. And yeah? guess who had set up the sound? I'm going to go with audio. Clip. I that you got it. Okay. And Topher was there from audio clip. Not while we were there, but he was the one who set up the sound. That show 
was absolutely fantastic. I'm afraid to go see it because I will cry. I did cry. I'm crying thinking about the the most poignant songs in it right now. And I remember when we talked to the two of them on a recent podcast, I I don't mind crying in public. That I'm never ashamed of it. But I feel like it would be worse than crying. I feel like it would be like an ugly, blubbering heave cry. Well, there's only about 75 seats, too, so you're... Oh! <laughs> I'm crying, but I wasn't like... Oh, oh. It just... I just had the tears coming down yeah. the side of the cheeks where I'm grabbing a napkin out of my pocket. No, it's like fucking Toy Story 3, <laughs> man, when they're all headed for the incinerator. <laughs> Son of a B word. Well, Dang. But it was a good show, wasn't it? Fantastic. I, it's only two weeks left of that show, by the way, so go see it. Yeah, and if you're wondering what we're talking about, of course, obviously, the Academy Award-winning film once, uh, and we had the both the principals here on a very recent mm-hmm. episode of the podcast that you can still go listen to, which you can find wherever you get your finer podcasts. So thanks to our friends at AudioQuip, and thanks to our good friends at Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They really are the reason that we got off the ground in the first place. Absolutely. And without them, we are nothing, and they managed to still stay here. So my thanks to, you know, Ed, and Mike and everyone involved, they will get you back in your vehicle sooner than you otherwise might expect should you run into a DUI situation. First and foremost, don't. However, if you do, these are people with the experience. They help set the system up. They know how to get you in and back into your vehicle for a lot less than you'd otherwise expect. If you know somebody who had too many Cinco de Mayo tequila shooters. Oof. Man, that's why I always drink Irish whiskey because the hangovers, for whatever reason, my body, maybe it was my... I don't know, my you know racial extraction. I don't know what it was. I was fine. But every time I've ever had tequila has been a nightmare. It's never good. A nightmare. Almost always naked. Go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show for 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. They will not help reclothe you, but they can. <laughs> they can help you once you found clothes. Get back into your vehicle. I'm Brian, and that's Sean. It is the Brian Oak Show, episode 246. Thanks you, everybody. Uh, thank you, everybody who has sponsored us and supported us over years. Wow, we've been doing this for years, Sean. Is this what life? Is this life now? Is this, this real is life? life? Yeah, two and a half years we're coming on here. Oh man! All right. Well, let's go ahead and continue. We are talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yesterday, the Rock Hall confirmed. A long list of people who are going to be involved. We'll run down that list in a minute. But as we already mentioned, Dolly Parton. Dolly famously just a few weeks ago said, I want to be taken off the list. Because she assumed that if she took a spot, that someone who was like a genuine rock and roll band. Yeah. This is a common thing, right? People are like, why is hip hop in there? Why is soul in there? Why is country in there? She thought that if she was in the running, she would be removing an actual rock and roll band from the running. Mm. And because Dolly's cool, she's like, I don't want to stand in anybody's way. She's like, I've already had enough. Once she found out that has nothing to do with it, country artists are also eligible. She's like, oh, well, then that's awesome, and thank you for honoring me, and if I make it, I make it, and she absolutely made it. Here's Dolly Parton on The Brian Oak Show.
Your smile is like a breath of spring Your voice is soft like summer rain And I cannot compete with you, Jolene He talks about you in his sleep And there's nothing I can do to keep from crying When he calls your name, Jolene And I can easily understand How you could easily take my man But you don't know what he means I also work at a radio station here in the Twin Cities, and this morning, every morning at 6 a.m., I do a little thing called the 6 a.m. surprise, where until they catch me or until the bosses start getting up early enough, I can literally get away with anything I wanted. So so I, I played <laughs> nothing but Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, the class of 2022, and instead of going with a deep song like Coat of Many Colors, I Will Always Love You, or the song we just heard, Jolene, I went with 9 to 5. The awesome song from the movie of the same name. That was a with fun her, movie. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Dadney Coleman as oh, yeah. the rapscallion <laughs> of a boss that they had. Because, I mean, it's a brilliant song. You know, I mean, it obviously sounds like a movie soundtrack because that's what we've known it as. But 9 to 5 is a cool jam, man. And Dolly Parton is cool as hell. And she absolutely deserves to be enshrined in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If I remember right, the story with that is, didn't she write it very quickly? Like I think she, so. Like, like they said, we, we would love it if you would write the you know the, the, the soundtrack for the, the main theme. Yeah, and boom, she comes back like a day later and she's like, how about this? And, and like, that works. It's a cla- So I hadn't heard it in f- forever. And I yeah. thought, well, you know, I'm doing morning radio. People are getting up. They're getting their day started. Pardon me, I shouldn't have had that Italian sparkling soda. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, and it's a great song, man. It, it, uh, regardless of radio genre or style or whatever it is you're doing, 9 to 5 is a sweet jam. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has officially announced this year's inductee, inductees. The 2022 class has been announced. I'm going to run them off real quick for you here. And we're going to hear from a bunch of them today. Eminem. Dolly Parton, who we just heard, Duran Duran, who are very much still alive, have a yep. recent record, and they're going to be in town in August performing at Treasure Island. 
I've already secured tickets and I'm going. I'm excited. Lionel Richie, this will be his second induction because he was also in his part of the Commodores. Yeah. Pat Benatar, who I adore. Eurythmics, who I also adore. Mm-hmm. Carly Simon. So those are all the people joining in the performers category. But much like other award show, these, uh, award shows, they have expanded the various categories and things they're willing to give out. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, yeah. legendary Minnesota producers, and Judas Priest are both getting the same award this year. There's something beautiful about that. It's called the Musical Excellence Award. I don't know if that's a lifetime achievement thing or a, hey, you didn't get enough votes, but it's high time you were both in here. Yeah, interesting. I don't don't know what that is. And then old schoolers, Harry Belafonte and Elizabeth Cotton are going to be given the Early Influence Award. Now, Harry Belafonte, I think a lot of Americans are like, well, I mean, obviously, and went on to be ultra famous, but... There are young people today who have probably not heard the name, you know, even if you mention come Mr. Taliman, Talimi oh, Banana, yeah. <laughs> they still wouldn't know what you were talking about. Elizabeth Cotton, also the same way, a brilliant Americana, early roots folk singer. I wasn't familiar with her. I'm not familiar I with her. I don't know if I could name a song off the top of yeah. my head, but I do know who she is. Uh, they're getting the Early Influence Award. And then you've got some people who are behind the scenes, like Jimmy Iovine, who, you know, I mean, at one point he was going out with Mariah Carey. He was that big of a wheel in the mm. um, music industry. But also Sylvia Robinson, who founded Sugar Hill Records. And when you talk about the, the growth and the expansion of hip-hop and it becoming a permanent part of the fixture of American music... In the early 80s, it was the biggest hip-hop label that was in the entire country. So from the Sugar Hill Gang came Sugar exactly. Hill Records? Okay. And that's where they came from. And then she, although her reputation was sometimes that a little a little devious, a little hmm. um, a little strict, I promise you. And like Ahmet Erdogan, who they're winning the Ahmet Erdogan Award. He was the, the main guy behind the success of Atlantic Records. Let's put it this way. Without Ahmet Erdogan, you've never heard the name Led Zeppelin in your life. Wow. I promise you that Ahmet has had to make some pretty dark backroom deals in the world of music. Because, I mean, it's business, right? And you know business better than I do. It's not It's not show friends. It's show business. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine back in the day. Exactly. Well, as mentioned, Duran Duran are finally in this year. And I think there are a lot of people who would like to... Put Duran Duran into a very neatly organized category. But here's what Duran Duran has done different than so many of their peers. They were around in the late 70s, early 80s as part of that burgeoning new romantic movement where there was a certain flair, there was a certain dress style, but it was also a very specific UK movement. Yes, it had new wave to it. Yes, it had rock and roll to it. But they were called the New Romantics because they they told these stories and they dressed in a certain way and they were part of this specific culture. But Duran Duran didn't stop there, right? Like, they didn't just like, oh, that's all we ever did. They've never stopped making records. They still put out records. They still tour constantly. I was lucky enough to interview Simon LeBond not that long ago. And he's still got it, man. I'm excited. They're going to be performing at Treasure Island coming up in August in support of their latest record. And to congratulate them, though, we are going back to the good old days. In fact, their very first self-titled debut album, Duran Duran on The Brian Oak Show.
Their 1981 self-titled debut, which, by the way, 41 years ago is when that came oh, out. Oh, boy, that's hard to hear. It is, isn't it? It stings a little bit. The other songs on there, though, Planet Earth, Careless Memories, which was their very first single they ever put out, Girls on Film, An Amazing Start, and then the next year, 1982, Rio came out. Hungry Like the Wolf, Save a Prayer, Rio, all broke the top 10 in the U.S. Uh, and in the U.K. And then Is There Something I Should Know, New Moon on Monday, The Reflex, Wild Boys, they're here is a fun fact for you, by the way. <laughs> the only James Bond theme that ever went to number one in, uh, think about all the legendary oh artists my who God, have done James yeah. Bond songs. Yeah. As big as they were, even Live and Let Die by Wings, right? Yeah. The only song that was a James Bond theme that ever went to number one was A View to a Kill. That's crazy, actually. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So for people who want to put Duran Duran in a little 80s new wave box, they're still very much at it and still very much alive and touring. I was lucky enough to interview Simon LeBon face-to-face. So on the phone recently, but I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, face-to-face, and I thought, oh, these pretty boys with their pretty yeah. outfits. I thought they were going to be all like, ugh. He's from working class Birmingham. Mm-hmm. He is a brummy through and through. Told, and I can't remember any of them, but I just remember my cheeks being red for an hour because all he did was tell filthy jokes that I couldn't play on the radio. Oh my God. He was brilliant, man. So I just, I'm so happy for them to be in. Absolutely brilliant. My and, sister, I should say, when she was 16 years old, my uncle worked for Capitol Records. Go on. And called up my sister and said, Hey, uh, do you want to bring a friend and I'm going to take you? to dinner with Duran Duran before the show, and then you what? get to be backstage. She was 16, so it was like 1983, 84, okay. somewhere in there. I mean, that's the sweet spot. Oh, that's, and she went... That's right after Rio. They're the, yeah. one of the biggest bands on the planet. She went absolutely apeshit, and she said... And my uncle said the same thing. They got the bit. Like, they were so friendly. Yeah. They were willing to do whatever it, it took, and they were going to go out to a fancy dinner, but one of them, I don't know if it was Simon or somebody else, were like, we just want to go to Burger King. Like, we've always wanted to try Burger King, so they did. Yeah, so, shit. like, they pulled up in a limo and, like, went and got their and burger. And Duran Duran <laughs> went into... See, now, that that sounds to me yeah. like that band. So, yeah. Nick Rhodes wrote a lot of the music. Simon LeBond's the famous lead singer. Yeah. The other three guys in the band, all three of them, their last name was Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Not one of them related to each other. And it's a real names? Exactly. I always thought, like, two of them were related, but maybe not. not yeah. No, not like the Panazzo brothers from Styx. Crazy. No, uh, just a very cool band and very deserving, and they are going to be playing at Treasure Island this August, and I'm very, very excited to go see them and play Blackjack for the first time in like five years. Man, I'm ready to get back out there. (laughs) Sean Bernard is who is sitting across from me here on the Brian Oak Show. He's been with me with every single one of these. In fact, this whole ridiculous affair was his idea in the first place. Good one, Sean. Oh, totally tricked you. (laughs) What were you thinking? I'm worried that I tricked you. In any event, (laughs) you're one of the sponsors here on the Brian Oak Show. How are things in the realty game? You know, the everybody's talking about the interest rates going up. They are going up, but they're still not crazy, you know. Um, and if you're still looking to move, we can still help you buy or sell. I've got some listings coming up. I've got several people that are looking to buy right now. So uh, things are good. Um, I just had a closing today. Uh, my friends Amy and Sherry bought uh, their first cabin. It's been a lifelong dream. Uh, just out in Zimmerman. Yeah. Oh. And just a sweet little place. And uh, they are I love them. They're like when you can help good close friends buy a place that's their dream. I mean, every every one of us was emotional. Surprise, surprise at the closing today. Shocking. And then uh, a friend of theirs named Stephen Self, who is a uh, uh, class, you know, a, a concert pianist, um, 
is the one that we're going to donate to. So really cool. If you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594, I can help you through the whole process. And here's the deal. I've been to a closing or two in my life, and a closing is a drag because you're st- you're signing a stack of oh, papers. that's so much. Almost a foot tall. But then when you're done... You got your place, your new thing, your new portion of your life, the whole bit. And doing it with the right people makes a difference. That's why I wholeheartedly endorse Sean because I've worked with Sean quite a bit. And, you know, I mean, I've met better, but I've met way worse. That's all I want to be. How is that? Is just, that a ringing endorsement? Well, I think you because you spent some time in the Common Man show today, <laughs> you wanted me to be the best of the worst and the worst the of the best. The best of the lousiest and the lousiest <laughs> of, of the, the best. best. That's right. Look, yeah. all I'm saying is you could do way, way worse than my friend Sean Bernard. Yep. It is the Brilliant Oak Show, and we're going to continue to hear a few more songs, maybe a couple more here, from artists who are now going to officially be part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, class of inductees. They listed them all off, Eminem, Dolly Parton, Duran Duran, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, and the Eurythmics are all in the performers category, as is Pat Benatar. Can I tell you a little something about Pat Benatar? Yes. Um, I don't actually, it's not anything about her, and she wouldn't know this. Um, when I was a young man uh, and really starting to get into music and listening to the radio, New Wave was a huge thing. Oh, yeah. And there's what I call the triumvirate, the great three of New Wave Foxes. One, is Debbie Harry from Blondie. Oh, maybe number one. Well, for sure, number one for me. Another one, though, is Terry Nunn, the lead singer of the band Berlin, oh. who I'm going to be seeing one week from That's Saturday. Right. I'm That's flying right. up to California for the Cruel World Festival. More than a little excited about that. I don't expect her to look like she looked in 1982. None of us do, right? Um, but also Pat Benatar. Like, Pat Benatar was early MTV for me. And she was sassy, man. The big almond eyes, the cool, short, pixie haircut, the big red lips, and also that voice, that wickedly powerful voice. I'm crazy about Pat Benatar, man. I just didn't like the look when she permed her hair. I liked the other Not hair. great. Not, no, 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 no. The, the early part, And Belinda again. Carlisle might be slightly above... For me, but that's okay. We Everybody all got our a, thing, and again, got our thing. I'm not mad about the Go Go's at all, no, man. No, I no. love love the Go Go's. Although too. I'm not even sure Belinda's my favorite Go Go. Jane Wheedland, man. Oh, sweet, on the guitar. Jane okay, settle <laughs> down. Settle One down. Shot at the title. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Well, I, I, I know. Even if I had a shot, I'd blow it. There's no question <laughs> about that. So this song that we're about to hear from Pat Benatar is one of her bigger hits. You know, like, but it's not one of the more rocking hits. And it turns out she nor her husband, what's his name, Neil Gerardo. Yeah. Something like that's that. It, yeah. Anyway, they've been together forever yeah. and they still play together all the time. In fact, they've played out at the Zoo Amphitheater a number of times. This is not one they wrote. They decided to cover a song by Lowen and Navarro. Now, I've worked at Cities 97 on and off for almost 20 years, yeah. right? Back in the day when I first started at Cities, very, very singer songwriter oriented, up to and including Lowen and Navarro, who have some Minnesota roots. And so this was their song, never really went anywhere for them. And then Pat Benatar, or whoever her people are i'm not sure who found it who decided this would be a good one to cover but they covered it and the rest as they say is history History. yep
Yeah, now here's the problem, and I forgot the thing. I'm like, I think I like that song a lot. I know it's a brilliant song. The Lone and Navarro version is great. They were the originals, and hers is good. But then that sort of falsetto kids choir comes yeah. in at the end. Yeah, that makes me want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> bring a kids choir, and again, I love that song. But I mean, you bring in that sort of kids choir feeling, and suddenly it's fucking Christmas shoes. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. no. It not, can't be not, that. Not, no. That's what it is for you. Like I, you can't stand that. You think it's kids, manipulative or ki- what? The kids choir thing. Yes. As a matter of fact, okay. I do. Okay. I mean, like you know, and again, I don't love the song <laughs> "Hell Is for Children" or "Love Is a Battlefield" either. But I, I, I knew there was something about that song. I'm like, why don't I want to play "We Belong"? And I just now remembered. But it's still a legendary song. It did very, very well for her, far better than it ever did for Lone and Navarro. And, um, you know, it was the only hit she had off Tropico, that particular record. But it did come out in 84, which just because I love to make myself and everyone else feel old, 38 years ago. God, that's crazy, isn't it? 38. What the hell have you done with the last 38 years, Sean? I, I, it's not. What do you want to be when you grow up? It hasn't turned out how I thought it was going to turn out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've, I've had that thought every once in a while, like laying there at night when you're falling asleep, like, why didn't I ever get to do what I wanted to do? And then I lay there and I think about it. I'm like, you know, perspective is the most important, I think, you know, attribute or one of the most important attributes that the human psyche can have, because of course it could be better. Of course you could be a, you know, a hand model. With a yacht. Doesn't that sound nice? But again, that's... I just can't imagine you having the patience to be a hand model. Well, here's the deal. My hands are actually lovely. They're soft. They're not wrinkly. But I did get a finger crushed in a door when I was oh. in middle school. So I have a club finger. I have oh, a Frankenstein do. finger. Yeah, that is. Yeah, no, that's... that. That's the metal guy, too. Children rear back in horror when they see my my club finger. So mm, should, that, that should, dream was dashed early. Again, and that was only one example. My should point close is that finger. Our, <laughs> our life could be worse and it could be better, right? So why not appreciate what you have? Because it's not changing today. You can work towards changes, certainly, and you should. But also appreciate what you've got, right? We belong, don't we, Sean? We do. And this last week, so for me, I've just, not to get all philosophical, and I promise I won't do that, but... Well, don't promise anything. I feel like my life this is... This is our podcast. You can do whatever the hell you feel It's going to sound like. really lame, but I realized a long... Maybe about five years ago, I'm like, I'm really never going to accomplish anything that big. 
So I just want to have great experiences, great relationships, and give back. Okay, let me ask you this, though, when yeah. I brought up about perspective. Yeah. So you say you're not going to accomplish anything that big. You've been a good father to two kids. Yeah. You've been a good husband to a wife. Yeah. You've been a very dear friend to a lot of people. Yeah. In your current occupation, you are scrupulous, which I a lot of your colleagues cannot make a similar claim, right? And so when you talk about great, no, you're probably not going to build the great pyramid of Khufu out on no. the Giza Plateau, right? No. You're maybe not going to come up with something like Amazon or Twitter. But doing something great, to me, perspective, and I mean this in all sincerity, yeah. is different, man. I mean, being a good fellow human, Yeah. look at how many shitbags are out there, yeah. right? I mean, being a good fellow human, to me, is doing something genuinely great. Well, thank you for saying that, and I feel the same about you, that I think we both have lived these lives that are really good lives, and we've we've gotten to experience some pretty fucking cool things. It, it's one dynamic. of the biggest one was together, really the the U two and Ireland show. Son of a bitch! I was thinking about that when I was at Red Rocks, just trying to compare what was better for me. Um, I would still lean U two and Ireland uh, just because uh, it was uh, fucking epic, the homeland. Right? Yeah, but just looking at my life and looking back at my life, I'm going fuck. I've had some really cool experiences, and most of them have to do with music and yeah. seeing seeing live shows and also theater. And I was looking back even at the last week, I'm like, and, and I've gotten to watch, got to watch my boy play baseball, college baseball, yep. got to go see a, a musical down in uh, New Prague with my wife, and I got to go to see Jason Isbell. And like life, the people I know that are happy and are not in a depressive state give themselves something to look forward to. You have to. Like you've got the festival coming up in a week and a half or I whatever. do. I'm flying out to California and my first time. And how fucking much are you just living in it? Almost like the anticipation <gasps> of it is Con- as exciting as probably the show will be. Considering that my daughter bought the tickets nearly two years ago for and my that, birthday. that thought alone by and, your awesome daughter, how great is that? And she and I are going together and yeah. it got postponed twice and now it's finally happening. I, if I curse it by saying it out loud and it doesn't happen, I'm taking a hostage. <laughs> However, I think I think that everything looks good right now, and it's going to go. But your point is very well understood. It is a matter of perspective, and maybe maybe you've not ever. I've never been to Red Rocks like Sean has, and maybe you've never gone to the Rose Bowl like I'm about to do next week. Yep. But you have done things that neither Sean nor I have ever done. Yep. You have had unique experiences that even if you are in a terrible place right now or just a drag of a place or it feels like fucking Groundhog Day, which my Mondays have become like, they, they are the same literally yeah. every fucking Monday. But you, if, as long as you pay attention, as long as you keep perspective, I don't mind getting philosophical, by the way. Yeah. Um, without perspective, it's super easy to start circling the drain, right? You have to find, and again, I'm not being Pollyanna, but you have to find the silver lining. You have to find the good things. Otherwise, what's the point of getting out of bed every fucking morning? Well, and during the pandemic, this was the problem for people like me and people like you is that we didn't have stuff to look forward to. And I hate to say that, but we didn't have the concerts to go to or the theater or connecting with friends. That was the most hopeless part of it. That was the mental health perspective right. uh, or, you know, uh, issue with the whole thing is that people were like, no, I can't even set up plans to do things because of this. So now, you know, I know that there's been a surge and that sort of thing. But just the idea of being able to plan things out and to have them to look forward to, that to me, in many many ways, is what it, life is all about. Well, And you and I are not alone in that. No. The number of shows that have been announced in the oh, last month. I can't even handle it. I just bought Crowded House tickets and I was like, fuck <laughs> it, I, I've got to buy them for September. 
I've got to go see this show. They're one of my, you know, probably top 15 for me. Fine. And, yeah. Yeah, but there's there's too many. Like, they're already doubling up. Like, <laughs> like someone reached out and they're like, hey, are you going to this that night? I'm like, oh, no, shit. That's the Gary Newman rescheduled show. I yeah, can't yeah. go to that. And I'm like, going from nothing to this almost sort of Roman Bacchanalian feast, you know? It's like, okay, go. Be cool. Be cool, yeah. man. Go slow. Because I've had a few things postponed. And I've had a few things canceled. But we're going to get back out there. We're going to get back into it. And music is the thread. Music is really what inspired this particular show. It's a, it's a very common thread between you and I as yeah. being friends, yep. you and I being business partners. Mm-hmm. It's been a big part of the show. It's not the only part of the show. But even if you're not in the music business, every guest on this show has to pick out songs. So it is one of those unifying threads that both Sean and I celebrate and I hope everyone else out there does as well. And before we wrap things up here, I do want to remind people, those of you who are still brave and stalwart Patreon supporters, we're getting there, right? Things are starting to open up. Things are starting to get a little hectic, but we are going to find an opportunity somewhere in the next month or so to have a Patreon-only event. So people who follow us on Patreon, Patreon Brian Oak Show, you will have access to this before anybody else. Now, former guests and friends and family will also have access, but it's not going to be open to the general public. So the only way you get in is by maintaining, and I know we promised a lot more of these, but let's be honest, the last couple of years have kind of been upside down. They have been. And we're going to try to get back to it as much as we can here. So thanks to everybody who stuck with us. Again, my thanks to AudioQuip, Smart Start MN. My thanks to you, Sean Bernard. Thank you, Brian. Uh, And my thanks to all the people who listen, who subscribe, who share, who amplify. That's the only reason a podcast like this exists. We love these conversations. More great guests to come in the episodes and weeks ahead. But today we wanted to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Again, just a real quick recap. Uh, They announced this year's inductees, Eminem. Dolly Parton, Duran Duran, Lionel Richie, Pat Benatar, Eurythmics, Carly Simon. Have I already done this to you before? Pop quiz, hotshot. I'm talking to you. Okay, what? Do you know where the name Duran Duran comes from? I don't. Are you familiar with the 19, I believe, 68 Jane Fonda vehicle, the sci-fi space romp Barbarella? Yes. So she is a young, nubile woman exploring her burgeoning womanhood yes on an intergalactic scale and she falls prey to the clutches of many a lascivious individual who would take advantage of such a young vixen making her way across the cosmos and one of those particularly over sexually active middle-aged villains his name is duran duran and that's where that band got their name. My dad rented that on VHS, and I remember. I'll bet he did. I remember we're all watching it as a family, and then very quickly he just said, "Kids, go to bed. Time for bed." <laughs> no, the first time she gets into the orgasmatron, I yes. think, is when that probably yeah. got called. Yeah. Anyway, all those people are in: Judas Priest, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. And it's a very good class. Whether you give a shit or not about the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, doesn't matter. Any excuse for me to talk music and and bands that have legacies and artists that have influence, that means a lot to me and it makes a lot of difference. So thanks again, everybody. Appreciate that. We are going to go. We'll be back again. By the way, the induction ceremony is happening this November at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. It'll air later on at some point on HBO and stream on HBO Max. So you'll be able to watch it from the comfort of your own home if you don't feel like going to L.A. in early November, although that wouldn't be a terrible trip. That actually mm-hmm. sounds like kind of a fun night. We're going to leave you with... um. The legendary Minnesota production duo of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They they were originally in an R&B group that, I'm going to be honest, nothing personal, fellas, didn't go very far, called 
flight time. Oh, yeah. With a Y in the flight and a Y in the time. F-L-Y-T-E. Didn't go very well. So they're like, well, we like working in the studio. We know a ton of cool people, and we're pretty good at this. So they made Flight Time Productions, and they worked with a cavalcade of incredible artists. But most notably, the thing that put them on the map, that won them their Grammys, was their work with Janet Jackson, right? I mean, oh, yeah. at a time when she was as hot as she could possibly be, and they, you know, as the Minneapolis sound erupted, they were as much a part of creating mm-hmm. that as anybody else was. So, a very well-deserved congratulations to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and here is a song that they got their fingerprints all over with by Janet Jackson. We're going to leave you with this. Thanks for tuning in to The Brian Oak Show.